You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again for the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's right, five days a week, your team every day here on the Locked On Panthers podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. And make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, and to DM me, because we are back at it today, because it is a Friday, we have our weekly Friday mailbag throughout the offseason, and it's finally returned after a brief hiatus. I have plenty of your questions that I had not gotten to over the course of the last couple weeks that I'm going to finally answer today. So, I apologize for taking so much time. I tried at points in time to answer people's questions and then add it as a segment to the show, but that was not always the case, but it's okay. Today is Friday, and the Friday Mailbag is back. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get to it. Uh, Kurt, his mailbag question for this week, he asked with your run of interviews, and for the folks out there who have missed out, we've had Nick Carboni of WCNC, we had Elena Getzenberg and Jonathan Alexander of the Charlotte Observer. We've also had Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers on the show, Darren Gant, you can listen to all those interviews back on all those places I told you. You can listen to the podcast. So he asked, with your current run of interviews, which former and current Panther player would you want to interview for the podcast most and why? Hmm, good question. You know what? Actually, it's funny you asked about what current and former, because we're going former and current. There are two guys that actually sat down on a podcast earlier this week um, on Steve Smith's podcast. Cut to it. I've interviewed Steve Smith before. Back when I was at his um, his bowling charity event that he does at Tim Park Lanes every year. Got to talk to him back when I was working at WFNZ. But I'd love to have a longer sit down with a guy like Steve Smith. Um, and then DJ Moore is someone I feel like I don't a lot of us don't know that much about. And he's certainly one of the more interesting players on this team considering what he's done the last couple seasons. Maybe he doesn't have the touchdown total that he'd want throughout his career the first three years. And there's another wide receiver in this first round in that class and Calvin Ridley right down the street that a lot of people try to compare him to considering that they're in the same draft class and especially early on. Similarly, Ridley had more success. But over the last couple seasons, DJ Moore's turned into a number one receiver in his own right here in Carolina. So that's certainly someone I would love to talk to. Um, Jonathan Stewart would be a great conversation, in my opinion. Jake DeLome, of course, would be great. I'm interested in talking to any of these guys. Um, and I'm going to try throughout the season and other points to get some of these former Panthers on the podcast. I think to add perspective and also just something that you guys probably would like to hear as well. So I will be trying to reach out to some of them that I do know and see if they ever have some time to jump on the show. So, Kurt, appreciate you listening to the show as always. And thank you for that question. Um, Daniel. He now has a question. He says, I've been listening to your podcast the last couple of months. Huge fan of what you do and your perspective on the team. For me personally, a successful season would be for us to be competitive and in the hunt for a wild card spot, showing improvements from last season and showing promise towards the future. I'm hoping for eight wins, but we are at least are fighting for the wild card come December time. Then I consider that a successful season. Do you think that's fair? I think absolutely that's fair. You know, he says successful season is for us to be competitive in the wild card hunt. I think the Panthers, that you saw last season, they were competitive. Now, the situations that they lost those games in, 
and opportunities that they had to win those games, obviously frustrating. But it's a first-year head coach with a first-time play caller, Joe Brady, with a quarterback who had been injured and a journeyman and finally had an opportunity. And you also lost your best player on the team last year, Chris McCaffrey, for 13 and 16 games. And yet they were still able to be competitive. So I think absolutely Carolina Panthers are going to be competitive again in these games in the NFL this year. They are the youngest team in the league, though, but they're still going to be competitive. And I think they will be in the hunt for the wild card spot. I've talked about how early on in that season, or in this season, um, rather, when you look at the schedule and you get to week one, obviously you need to beat the New York Jets. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're starting a brand-new quarterback that day. you got to beat the Jets. Home against New Orleans week two is a huge opportunity. You have at Houston week three. There's still been no resolution to the Sean Watson's court cases, whether he wants to be a Houston Texan even if he is able to get through the court system. That's something that you should absolutely be looking at. At Dallas as well, the Cowboys got Dak back, but that defense was horrible last year. And is Dan Quinn going to do enough to fix him? Philadelphia at home is a game that they, the Panthers got to win. Homing against Minnesota, a team that they probably should have beaten last year. That's a game they got to win at the Giants. That's a game that they absolutely should have, they should have a chance to win at Atlanta. Like the first part of the, the first eight weeks of the season, that's where all these games are gettable. I expect New Orleans to be improved. But in Arizona on the road will be a tough game. Home against Washington week 11. Like those two games right there in terms of this NFC wildcard picture, those might be some of the most important games because they need to give themselves an opportunity after week 14 coming off that bye against Atlanta where they go into week 15 at Buffalo, then Tampa, New Orleans on the road, and at Tampa. I mean, can you think of two worst places to have to play to end the season against a, a liquored up Superdome and then at the reigning Super Bowl champs in week 18. And who knows what Tampa's going to need to be playing for by then. But still, yeah, I think absolutely that successful season, they should be in the hunt come December. And I think that they can be if they're able to get things taken care of early on in the season, showing improvements. Yes, development for, for certain players from last year, like Brian Burns becoming a pro bowler. Jeremy Chen maybe becoming a pro bowler. Seeing Derek Brown take that next step in year two. Um, obviously, the offensive line showing any sort of improvement from last season. I agree with all that you're saying there and just showing promise towards the future, meaning that going into 2022 and year three, Matt Rule, and hopefully if things work out, year two of Stan Darnold as a starting quarterback, and the Panthers look like they're going to be a playoff team. So, yeah, I agree exactly what you're saying there, Daniel, in terms of the Carolina Panthers, what would be a successful season for them. Now, on a more cynical note here, here's a question from Alex. <laughs> Alex said, uh, when Darnold inevitably sucks next year, will the Panthers go with a top quarterback in the draft or go with another former first-round outcast? Jared Goff, for example, since the Lions will get a top quarterback since they'll be one of the worst teams next year. And, yeah, Detroit has said that they believe in uh, in Jared Goff, and that's the guy that they want. That's the, that's the same thing that you know Carolina said last year about Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want any team in this situation that the Lions are in uh, says about their quarterback because they're not going to be like, yeah, we don't think this guy is, is any good. I don't know if Jared Goff is – no, I mean, he's not the answer. He at least has gone to a Super Bowl. So when you look at his career, he's had a far better career to this point than both Bridgewater and both uh, – and, and Sam Darnold. But his coach – his organization, they gave up on him. They wanted Matt Stafford instead, and they believe Stafford is what's going to put them over the top to win a Super Bowl. Although, Cam Akers, that running back getting injured and tearing his Achilles, is going to make things hard for the Rams to win a Super Bowl this year if they can't find another running back to give up that production. But yeah, if he does stink, Sam Darnold, or sucks in your terms, Alex, uh, I don't see the Panthers drafting a quarterback still. Um, it really it depends, honestly, 
you know, where they're at. If they think that they can get Sam Howell out of North Carolina or Spencer Rattler or Keaton Slovis out of USC or whoever becomes Malik Willis out of Liberty, whoever's going to be the top quarterbacks. And I'm sure there'll be, like we said, like I told you guys before, Zach Wilson, there will be someone who comes out of nowhere who could be right there for the Carolina Panthers. No one expected Mac Jones to be a first round pick. Uh, no one saw Zach Wilson being the number two pick. Uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, those are the three guys that everyone expected and knew would be first rounders. But the other two, that kind of came out of nowhere this past season. So I, I still believe that they're going to try and be in the hunt for Deshaun Watson, especially depending on how things play out down there in Houston. And they're going to rather try and find a veteran quarterback. As I've said before, I do not think David Tepper, especially after four years, and if this is another losing season, I and they still don't have the quarterback position figured out, I don't think he's trying to wait three seasons, basically, and then seventh year of him owning the team for a quarterback to finally be ready for the Carolina Panthers to be a competitive team, be a playoff team, and potentially a Super Bowl team. So, no, I think they're going to still try and go down the veteran quarterback route. Hopefully it wouldn't be a Jared Goff, but hopefully it'd be someone who's actually ready to play. Now, could that be Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. We'll get into that maybe in just a moment. So we'll take a quick pause. I, I'll answer more of your questions here on the Friday Weekly Mailbag in just a moment. Guys, I've been telling you about Built Bar. And Built Bar is great because they give you the option to celebrate the freedom of choice. And that's what we have here in America, freedom. And we have Built Bars. And they have so many delicious flavors that there's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. And I am right there with them. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. I'm a big strawberry guy, to be honest with you, because I love strawberry in whatever flavor. And the great thing about it, too, is you get 100% chocolate on every single Built Bar. They're also soft and easy to chew. And here's a cool thing about Built Bar as well. If you can't decide what flavor you want, you can always get a mixed box, meaning that you get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one box, trying each of them, two of the nine flavors. Um, not only are Built Bars great tasting, they're also healthy too. Most of Built Bars have about 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Right now, order today and get Grasshopper Cookie or Raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Tonight's opening ceremonies of the Olympics. So go ahead in honor of the U.S. track and field team and order Built Bar by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, back to your questions here on the Friday Weekly Mailbag on Locked On Panthers. Ryan asking, which non-quarterback player are you excited to see their progression this upcoming season? Well, I'm not excited to see the quarterback at all, um, but he says, for me, it's Jeremy Chin. Just excited to see how he's utilized. Well, I guess I can't choose Jeremy Chin, and I'm also interested to see how he's going to be utilized. Jonathan Alexander of the Observer said the other day he expects him to play 75% at safety, then 25% of the time will be spent on the other parts of the defense at linebacker nickel and wherever Phil Snow wants to play him at. So I actually would say Brian Burns. I think that's pretty easy. You guys have known how I feel about this defense throughout this offseason um, with Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns going after it on the edge on pass rushing downs. I think it's going to be awesome. I think Brian Burns has a great opportunity to be a pro bowler this year. Uh, I don't know about an all pro, but pro bowl certainly is in the realm of possibilities. Not saying that all pros not. 
But I'm excited to watch Brian Burns in year three really become that dominant edge rusher and that next great edge rusher in the National Football League and among the long list of greats that we've had here in Carolina over the past, what, 26, now going to 27 seasons. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Let's see. Um, Bailey. Bailey asks, is there any hope that Matt Rule is the blend of analytics and player relations that teams seem to be coveting? Uh, yeah, I think there would be hope for that for sure. There's a reason why David Tepper uh, hired him. He's not going to hire a coach who's not going to be willing to um, implement analytics. Uh, David Tepper has gone very far to make sure that this team, as he said, has never had a competitive disadvantage. But he's gone very far to make sure that this team embraces analytics. And that goes with the hire of, the, of their new general manager, Scott Fitter. But first off, I had to start with the head coach, Matt Rule. And that's why Marty Herney is no longer here. Anyone who's not going to embrace analytics is someone that David Tepper does not want a part of his organization. But I'm also going to say, like, you know, I don't think I'll ever understand the whole, you know, uh, the the going for two when you're down 14. Like, you just cut the lead down to it's a, to eight or whatever, and you're going to go for two. And then if you miss, then you got to go for two again. I know apparently the analytics and percentages say that you got, like, a 50% chance to make one of those two-point conversions. Like, if, okay, you miss one and you get the other one, then, like, you're still going to overtime, which would have been the same result had you just kicked the extra point and didn't play for overtime. And then also, like, what if you miss both of them? Then you just lose the game. So that one doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I know there's someone out there yelling at me, like, oh, you dinosaur, what the hell are you talking about? So, yeah, analytics are important. Obviously, they're the big part of the National Football League and football in general. Um, Player relations, it seems like the guys are able to follow him. It was a little tough at the beginning. Uh, considering obviously he's a college coach probably trying to implement all this college kind of stuff and these guys are professionals they didn't want to listen to this kind of stuff but over the course of the season like Shaq Thompson I think is one of the people who said this like they started to buy in as they bought in the team got a little bit better I mean they're competitive throughout the season but they got better and I think that's kind of gotten to the point where you see 88 of 90 guys that were there for mandatory minicamp and Robbie Anderson missing but for the most part the majority of the team being there I'm pretty I respect the hell out of that and that means that they definitely, with the player relations, these guys buy into what Matt Rule is talking about. So, yeah, I think there absolutely is hope that he is the blend of analysts and player relations that teams seem to be coveting in the National Football League today. Let's see. Chad. Chad, and I, I thought this was funny, uh, what Chad said. Chad said, uh, hey, just wanted to say I was skeptical at first thinking you were just giving this pod, not a fan, but you have turned into my favorite pod to listen to. I can feel you have been a fan for a long time. Do you think trading for Watson is still in the back of the Panthers' mind if Darnold doesn't work out? Absolutely, dude. 100%. That's what I want to happen. I hope, obviously, with Deshaun Watson, and it does not. It didn't matter who it was, with the things he's accused of, I absolutely hope that none of that's true. It is hard to believe that he's 100% innocent considering the amount of names that there are. And it just is kind of odd to me that he'd have that many masseuses. But I, I don't know. Innocent until proven guilty. That's what that's how things work here in America. It is kind of shady either way. And also all the great things that he did in the community when he's been in Houston, back when he was at Clemson. He seemed like a good guy. But I've, you have to always remember, we don't know these people personally. So you might love them on the football field and think they're great, but then you don't know what kind of skeletons are hiding in their closet. And I'm not trying to disparage Deshaun Watson or say he's guilty of anything. I'm just pointing that out, just saying that in general. But if he's able to get cleared, and even if he's not, and there's some weird stuff happens, he's no longer he's leaves the Texans, he's out of the league for a year based off of suspensions. I mean, the Carolina Panthers could still do better off with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback if they really want to win football games, which you gotta remember the NFL is a business. 
and it the business is winning football games. And yeah, you would love to have pillars of the community, really good people playing for your organization. There's plenty of teams out there that have shown you. Now look at the Kansas City Chiefs that they do not care. You know, whether you are choir boy or not, if you can play football, you can help them win football games. That's their number one priority. And as long as you have talent, you'll have an opportunity in the National Football League. So if things work, go to the point where Deshaun Watson is not Houston Texan because of the things he's alleged to have done and he's out of the league for a year. I'm on board the Panthers trying to bring him on if that means that they had a good quarterback. Yeah, making me a little uneasy if that if he's that kind of guy that apparently he's been alleged to be. But we'll see what happens. I do think he's that definitely in the back of his mind, which is why I answered Alex's question earlier about if Darnold sucks, you know, will they go veteran or will they go with a rookie? They're going to try and find a veteran quarterback. So I absolutely believe that Deshaun Watson's still in the back of their minds, and they might even be able to find a way to justify bringing him in even if he ends up being guilty of the things he's accused of. All right, let's see. Ethan is next. Ethan says, hey, Julian, big fan of the podcast. Always heard you talking. And um, all, anyways, heard you, rather. Anyways, heard you talking in one of the interviews this week that the Panthers hadn't addressed the linebacking core at all. And that was with uh, Jonathan Alexander. Um, or maybe it was Atlanta Getzenberg. How would you feel about us trying to sign Avery Williamson to fill in next to Denzel Perryman? He was a solid linebacker before his injury, and I think he could be good, a good fit for us. Would appreciate if you talked about this in the Friday mailbag, please. I would like to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, um, Avery Williamson. Um, actually, coincidentally, back when I was living in Nashville covering the Titans, that's when uh, Avery Williamson was a Titan. And on the station I was with, he was doing a, we would do a weekly show. Um, with us, and he seemed like he was a, seemed like a really nice guy. Was a solid player there in Tennessee. Then he went to the, with the Jets. Had a decent, did okay there, and now here in Carolina, it's I, I mean, it's tough. It's like I think with Sha- I mean, Shaq Thompson's obviously who they like out there as an inside linebacker. Got Shaq, Perryman, and then Jermaine Carter Jr. That's gonna be the kind of the trio this season. Adding another player, I would not be against at all. And looking at Avery Williamson. If you go back to last season when he was traded to Pittsburgh, when the Steelers were kind of reeling defensively, I don't know what he played eight games, had four games that he started, uh, one sack, let's see, 52 tackles. So I mean, he was a solid player for Pittsburgh. Two quarterback hits. I mean, I, look, he's a veteran. He's 28, 29 right now. So he has, oh, wait, he has my birthday, March 9th. Uh, so he's a year older than me, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with Avery Williamson here in Carolina for the right price, obviously. And it'll be one of those things where they got to see where things go with camp. So I would not be against Avery Williamson coming to Carolina just to add another veteran linebacker there for a unit that I don't think is going to be exactly the most overwhelming in the National Football League here in 2021. Uh, another pause in more of your Friday mailbag questions. All right, answering more of your Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. Percy, uh, here we go, saying, Seeing as you've been quite outspoken about your opinion on Sam Darnold's potential on this team, shy of bringing us to a Super Bowl appearance in year one, unlikely and probable, I know, what would it take in your eyes for him to be our starter going to the 2022 season? I'm not necessarily vested in him besides wearing our colors and being our current quarterback. Just curious of your thoughts on this. Thank you, Julian. 
Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Panthers aren't going to the Super Bowl, <laughs> so that, I'm not worried about that at all. Like Sam Darnold would have to be the MVP of the damn league for that to happen, along with the defense being really good, which I think they have a chance to be really good. Like in an offensive line, obviously, like the, the Cam Irving would have to end up being like a Pro Bowler alongside um, Taylor Moten on the other side. Like the offensive line would have to be spectacular. Because you just you don't have a Patrick Mahomes back there that can still kind of drag you to the finish line. Now he didn't get him all the way to the finish line last year, um, after they had all those offensive line injuries and then opt outs. But uh, for him to be a quarterback in twenty twenty two, I just I think it comes down to cutting down on turnovers, getting the ball out to your playmakers, and being more successful in these two situations that the Panthers struggled in last year. If he can get the Panthers to go down the field and get a couple last-minute winning drives, maybe two or three times, and then in a red zone, the Panthers are far more efficient on the offensive end, then, yeah, Sam Darnold's going to have an opportunity to be the quarterback next year. And especially if they're an 8-9 win football team, and he has cut down the turnovers, he's been able, he operates in this offense well, and the team rallies around him, that's what it would take for me to believe that for Sam Darnold to be the quarterback in 2022. He might still be the quarterback in 2022, even if, even if he doesn't do those things. But I think that's exactly what it takes. So cutting down the turnovers, but mainly those two situations at the end of games, getting able to get this team in position to win football games, which Ted Bridgewater was not able to do last year, and then two in the red zone, getting touchdowns. He does those two things, cuts down on turnovers. He'll be the quarterback in 2022 as long as he puts up the requisite numbers alongside of that. Uh, Alex asks, if Aaron Rodgers were to be made available and you were GM, how much would you be willing to give up, and do you think that would be enough? Oh, man. Pretty much whatever it takes. Not really, though, because here's my thing. It's I, I feel stupid saying this, and maybe I am stupid for saying this. And feel free to let me know if I'm stupid for saying this. Aaron Rodgers is an aging player, right? I, I don't know how long he wants to play football. Like The dude seems like he'd be cool just packing it in right now and just hanging out in uh, Kauai with Shane Lee Woodley and Miles Teller. He's 37 years old, turning 38 in December. So he still has a couple more years, um, maybe maybe in a handful more years, to be one of the league quarterbacks in the National Football League. So if you get Aaron Rodgers for three, four, five more years, you kind of do it, right? And my only hang-up is the Carolina Panthers aren't a team that's ready-made to go win a Super Bowl like today. Um, and that should never be a hang-up to like not wanting to get this quarterback, especially a guy who's proven. Like For me, when it came to the draft, it was kind of a hang-up. Like, okay, you bring in a rookie quarterback. Well, the roster is not to the point where like bringing that rookie quarterback is going to change anything for you next season or even the year after that. But having Aaron Rodgers, that at least changes the calculus for this season and especially like next season when this roster is older. Because even with a extremely young roster this year, I have a hard time believing the Panthers would be like Super Bowl contenders. Like they're still not going to beat the Bucs win a division, in my opinion, if Rodgers was a quarterback, even if Deshaun Watson was a quarterback. Could they be a playoff team? Absolutely. But a Super Bowl team? No. But in 2022, if you had Rodgers or Watson, I could absolutely see them being a team that has a chance to make a deep playoff run. Maybe still not a Super Bowl contending team, but certainly a team that would have an opportunity. So, yeah, what would I give up? Whatever, whatever, whatever what the Packers want. They already have a they already have a quarterback, so you're kind of just throwing a first rounder at them, and maybe like a fourth round pick, because it's not like they have that. Like they can keep Rodgers. I don't know how much leverage they really have because you already have your quarterback in the future. So you're just gonna let Aaron Rodgers sit there. Yeah, I'll give you a first round or maybe a fourth round pick. Would that be enough? I don't know. 
Ask Brian Gutekunst. Don't ask me. Even though I guess I did ask you to ask me. All right, Stan asking, Friday mailbag for you. Hey, just started listening a couple months ago. Great content. My question is about safety. I guess we're not moving forward of haha, but I think Malik Hooker is still a free agent and would be a great pickup. Any suggestions or insight on what the Panthers are doing at safety position? Definitely not comfortable with anybody not named Chin in the safety room. Well, they have 90 guys already on the roster uh, heading into training camp next week in Spartanburg. So who's on the roster right now is who they're going to roll with, at least at safety. So uh, looking at the safety position for the Carolina Panthers, as I do a quick scroll of the team, uh, we already know. We've got Jeremy Chin. It's also obviously Justin Burris is also going to be the starter um, alongside Jeremy Chin as of right now, unless something bad happens. Kenny Robinson, who was drafted in the fifth round last year, then cut, then on the practice squad, up and down. He'll probably be on the roster, maybe. JT Ibe, don't see him making a roster out of South Carolina. Sam Franklin, the UDFA from last year out of Temple. He's still there. Sean Chandler. So, like, that's the depth chart. Kenny Robinson, JT Ibe, Sam Franklin, Sean Chandler, Justin Burrs, and Jeremy Chin. I, I mean, they brought in Lano Hill as well. I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't necessarily know what exactly the plan is here um, for the Carolina Panthers and the safety position. Um, you know, that's not something that makes me comfortable. Like, there's three guys on the roster who I guess I, if I had to be comfortable with any three at the safety position, it's it's Jeremy Chin, it's Justin Burris, and it's Lano Hill. Then past that, Sam Franklin had to play last year because of the injury to Burris, but I don't want the Panthers to be in that situation again. And I mean, there's a reason Haha Clinton Dix is not in the league right now. Like, if he was, if you need to be in the league, he'd be in the league. Malik Hooker. Well, he's coming off an Achilles injury. I'm not really looking for a guy who's coming off an Achilles to be playing for the Carolina Panthers. Like he's getting pursued by teams, and he's 25 with former first round pick. Uh I, I just I wouldn't be I'd be fine if they want to find a way to bring him into camp. I just feel like if they want to bring him to camp, they would have already done that by now, as that's obviously not the case. So there's a there's a point in time, maybe later on, that they might give him a phone call and say, like, Hey Malik, we need you. Right now, that does not appear to be the case of the Carolina Panthers. So, appreciate the question there, Stan. Um, at well underscore learn ask, even though he has been a journeyman for most of his career, Ted Ginn Jr. was fairly dynamic in our return game. Do you think he gets a ring of honor with our beloved Cardiac Cats? Uh, no, no, Ted Ginn's not going to go into the, the ring of honor or hall of honor, whatever it's called. I, I got to figure out what it's called. I, I, I don't think anyone actually knows definitively what, I mean, sure there are people who know definitively, but I just can't, what is it? Hall of honor, ring of honor? Either way, will he be enshrined as a, a Carolina Panther forever? No. Ted Ginn, he had his moments here in Carolina, certainly. I think you go back to that Monday night football game against the Patriots, the ice up sun game that he had the game winning touchdown in that 2015 season. Made fantastic plays throughout the entire season. I, I, I like Ted Ginn. I loved him back when he was at Ohio State playing with Troy Smith. I thought he had a fantastic career in the NFL. Never was like the greatest wide receiver in the world. But I mean, isn't is Muhammad's not even in the Hall of Honor yet? I mean, Steve Smith, obviously, he's in there. Like, that's the thing. When you look at it, like, is he an all time great Carolina Panther wide receiver? Is he in the same level in terms of impact here in Carolina as a guy like Steve Smith? No. As a guy like Musin Muhammad, no. I mean, even Ricky Prohl, come on. So, no, I I, lo- I like to, again, appreciate his efforts here in Carolina. Hall of Honor, Ring of Honor, no. 
I do not see him being one of those guys, but appreciate the question as always. All right, guys, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Check out the show also on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where, like I did today, I'll be answering your questions if you DM me or at me for our weekly Friday mailbag throughout the offseason. Next week, Carolina Panthers are headed to Spartanburg, South Carolina, training camp we are finally here let's go have a great weekend folks and i'll talk to you on monday